I am, uh, so I'm, I'm 41, and I, I grew up, I was born in Florida. Um, you know, please don't hold that against me. Florida man, you know. Yeah. Um, my, my Florida man, I don't know if you've ever done the Florida man birthday thing, but my, my Florida <laughs> man apparently tried to steal a vending machine from an apartment complex. If you do your Florida man birthday, mine was... I've never done it, but I can ima- I already know exactly what it is. That makes sense. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> hilarious. It's hilarious, but... Um, yeah, Florida's special kind of crazy. But uh, I grew up in, in a in in like around Orlando area, and then uh, around high school, I was in Sarasota, Florida. And you know, Sarasota, Florida has is Riverview High School, and Sarasota High School Riverview has a bagpipe band. Ah, I got you. Yeah, and uh, I had come back. Uh, so my mom was a teacher for the DoD, and we had come back from Japan in '96, I think. And I'd been. You know, like my family's Scottish, so um, it was kind of an uh, kind of an easy shooting. I'm the first one of this generation to play the bagpipes, but mm-hmm. uh, not the first one in my lineage. On my dad's side, there's quite a bit of Scottish uh, history. Gotcha. Yeah, it was really funny. I went. I didn't go to Riverview High School. I went to Sarasota High School, which was Riverview's rival. Uh-huh. So I was already an awkward kid, being six foot six and kind of heavy set. Now you add the fact that I'm playing the bagpipes, which is the like the kilty was like the was like the rival school's mascot. <laughs> yeah, at Sarasota High School, already awkward playing the rival school's mascot bagpipe, and it was high school was a blast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, my my uh, my dad and mom they they were divorced when I was like four, and but they they always remained friends. Totally unlike you know most folks today. Most they, cases, they were, yeah. Yeah, they were incredible. Um, my dad was my hero. Uh, he, he passed away back in 2020. Yeah, sorry, uh, Mom passed away in 19. Yeah, I mean, they were, they were good folks, you know. Um, I always said if there's anything good in me, it comes from my dad. And he was mm-hmm. he was a good dude, man. Got me interested in aviation from a young age. And so I, I had a career in aviation and uh, a career in nursing. Um, oh. Uh, aviation, probably aviation, it's, it's like a keystone species, like a frog or something like that. Anytime anything happens in the economy, the first thing to tank is aviation. They start letting people off. So 2020 was the last time I took a, a beating on that. Yeah, yeah. So are you? Do you retain like the licenses that you would need so you could like pick up contracted flight work and stuff like that, or was it more like you were working for a commercial airline? Um. Yeah, I had a. So I have an. I have an AMP certificate, so it's a mechanic certificate. Ah, uh, gotcha. Uh, and uh, and I've also got a private pilot's license, but I'm not current on that. But yeah, I mean, I could. I could go back and turn wrenches again. It's just, I don't know, man. I, I've been, I've been kind of having an adventure here with the pipes, and, and yeah. it's been. I want to kind of see where it takes me. Yeah. yeah. So, was there an expectation as you grew up from the family that you would learn bagpipes, or was this something that you yourself were like, oh, "I'm going to play bagpipes"? No, it was it was me. Um, yeah. My it was really weird. My mom she played the piano. My brother Chris uh, became. Uh, has become a, a phenomenal guitar player. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother Eric is a phenomenal pool player. Uh, my sister Corey, she's incredibly creative. She's she she's like she's the one that got me uh, started with, with this is a business. Um, she uh, had a store on Etsy that was doing like something like twenty four thousand dollars in revenue just during the holiday season making bows. Making whoa, whoa, bows. whoa 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 whoa! I was gonna say yeah. doing what making bows. Making lighted bows, yeah. So she's a she's a very sharp. But um, anyway, so you know they they got talent. I tried, I tried the trumpet, I tried piano, I tried bass guitar, and uh, I settled on bagpipes. So it was, yeah. I mean, it's just 
it's odd to end up there. Maybe yeah. They didn't push me in any direction, um, but I would say absolutely nurtured whatever creative pursuits I had. And I'm yeah. really grateful to my parents for that. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, you remember wanting to play the pipes. I mean, how patient were your parents? Oh, yeah. With, with the first time you got the bag and the chanter and the reeds oh. and... and not only that, my, my oldest is learning in earnest right now. We, we've kind of oh, yeah. gone in fits and starts before, but he's 11 now. It's about the right time that he like really is learning now. And even mm-hmm. though I'm really excited about it, it's it gets old pretty fast having somebody <laughs> learning to play bagpipes in your kitchen, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah, yep. I remember, oh man, I remember getting so frustrated. Because um, I learned from, I didn't learn from the College of Piping. I learned from Sandy Jones' book. Oh yeah, I know that book, kick yeah. Yeah, oh, it's great. I mean, I met St. John's a couple times, and, and you know, everybody knows St. John's. Of course, I yeah. Guy, I think the guy, got, I think he got to the point where he just had to assume like he knew it or had met you, because I walked by him once. At, uh, it wasn't at Grandfather Mountain; it was another dance. He was judging a, a, a competition there. I'm like, oh, hey, Sandy, and he goes, oh, hey, man, it's good to see you. And I have no idea about the guy before. <laughs> That's just how he responds to everybody at this point, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's got to. But yeah, yeah but um. Sense. I remember getting so frustrated with one of the tunes in there and it was like it was that point that where everything is just in, all the concepts have been you've been practicing all the concepts and you're trying now to bring them all together and it's yeah. just it's that make or break moment yeah. and and it was just it wasn't popping and I just I actually broke a practice chair. Did you really? I was so got, ticked. Got yeah. angry, huh? Oh yeah. It was, was this it was, uh, was it a, one of those rosewood practice chanters or were you, are you were you dealing uh, with no, it was a, it was a, now back then it was 150 bucks, but now they're north of 250, I think, but it was a shepherd wooden practice. Chair. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was, yeah, it was, that was a bad move, but, um, but yeah. And then, you know, I just, I just kept, kept at it. And the next day it just, everything just synced and it was then like, it Oh together, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was cool, man. Oh, that's awesome. And that was while you were in high school or prepping to enter the high school pipe band? So that was, uh, no, there wasn't a, a pipe band in my high school. Um, oh, wait, that was, wait, I'm sorry, I misunderstood. I thought, oh, I, I must have been, I was, I was like, um, what do you call that thing where you, I was filling in details. I see now that you never said you went and played at the Rivals High School. I was just assuming that you attended school at your high school and then went and played bagpipes with the rival. No, I, if I had thought of that, no, that, that's a perfectly reasonable uh, a perfectly reasonable assumption. If I had thought of that, I probably would have done that. <laughs> but, um... No, I, uh, yeah, the rival high school had the band, and then I played bagpipes at my school, and at the talent show, no less. And, so you were uh, the lone piper um, getting up there, basically waving the other school's colors. in, in Yeah, by, by pr- pretty much. <laughs> you can imagine that went over like a turd in a punch bowl. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I'd, I'd played the pipes, you know, um, I started when I was like 14, I think, mm-hmm. and, you know, it sort of picked them up, um, and then just, uh, just kind of got got going really really well in high school my my first teacher was in uh it's in, in um in sarasota mm-hmm. uh his name was charlie murray uh the guy is he's a, a legend in sarasota piping he was the piper for the caledonian society yeah. and uh, we got involved in that again you know m- mom and dad they didn't push me in any particular direction but what whatever direction i wanted to go they were very nurturing and yeah. that's like the best kind of parenting you can have right mm-hmm. you know it's just uh, well you want to you want to learn how to do i remember one one year for christmas i was like five i asked for decoy ducks for christmas <laughs> when you were five years old yeah like what like where did i i don't even to this day i don't even i don't even know what i was thinking oh uh, yeah but, i was gonna say were you, did you have hunting in mind or did you just want to be able to 
I just like, thought I, camouflage I I just, seemed cool. Or? <laughs> I don't know. We had a big pool in the backyard, so I thought maybe huh. this is in Florida. So everybody had a pool. Yeah, yeah. But I thought maybe they'd, be, they'd look cool in, in the pool. I guess I don't know. <laughs> but but uh, sure enough, they. I mean, this tells you what kind of parents I had. They found decoy ducks. This is way before the the Weber nets, man. Just imagine the the conversation. Like, I don't know. I guess we've got a duck kid. He's into ducks. <laughs> <laughs> He's a, find some ducks for this kid. A budding duck commander kid, or yeah. whatever. But yeah, sure enough, there they were on Christmas morning. Decoy ducks. That's um, awesome. Well, I think it's evidenced too by the 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 um, like each of your siblings' sort of like obviously deep hobby that they're very into is like pretty darn unique and niche you know it's not like they're yeah and it's yeah it, it all requires a, a certain amount of obsession right yeah, I don't exactly think, yeah i don't i don't know of any pipers that just dabble you know it, that's true i i have i think it was uh camille osbrod uh who pointed out once that like maybe people who are attracted to piping get are they're already funneled a bit but then beyond that there's kind of a funneling that like it's going to be like kind of high achieving obsessive personalities who stick with it long enough to actually get into it deeply yeah. enough that they stick with yeah. it forever, you know? So yeah, yeah I think yeah. you're right. It's not like it's a, a light hobby for anybody really. No, no, definitely. That's a, a really good way to put it. Um, and then, you know, and, and, and I can, I can remember, I mean, like to be accomplished at it, you know, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of power. I, remember, I don't remember where I read it. Maybe it was something, maybe it was something to do with one of the, one of the performing arts schools or something, but they're saying like to master, to be really good at any instrument, you've got to put in like 40,000 hours of practice or something to that effect. Mm, yeah. Which I don't know that I put in that much time, but I can remember skipping school to go home and practice the bagpipes. Mm. So like, you know, that's not a stealthy thing. Like a lot of kids that skip high school, go home and they go back to bed or they go yeah, to the right. mall or something. Like everybody in my neighborhood knew I was at home. Of because you could did, hear the yeah. bagpipes in the backyard. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it wasn't like I was being sneaky about it. Well, I think it was the philosopher, the, the great and famous philosopher Macklemore, who, who said 10,000 <laughs> hours felt like 10,000 hands, something like that. Maybe, maybe that's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Macklemore. <laughs> that guy's hilarious. Genius. Man. Genius of our, of, our, of our generation, for sure. We're very lucky to have him. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's to be right. contemporary. National treasure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so you got into it. When, at, did you join a band at some point in your youth or were you a solo yeah. piper from the beginning? Um, no. So, so yeah. So Charlie Murray, again, uh, first, first teacher, he brought me up through, through like grade four or five ish mm. competition and solos. And I, I immediately started playing with that band. Um, it was back then it was Suncoast Scottish Pipes and Drums. And that was like and, a community band. It wasn't tied to a police station or something like that. Yeah, gotcha. exactly. Gotcha. Um, you know, you'd think, like, Dunedin, I think, at the time had four or five bands. Like, they had the middle school, the high school, Dunedin City, a couple of grades there. Um, but you would think Sarasota, with the high school, would have more than just Riverview and then Suncoast Scottish. And, but that's yeah. all they did. And then, um, now, we were very fortunate. Uh, you know, fortunately, of course, Charlie's incredibly patient, infinitely patient. Now, this guy apparently was, like, Airborne Ranger from Korea. Like, oh, he wow, was, really? Like, yeah, like harder than woodpecker lips. This dude was tough. Yeah. I didn't know any of this. But he'd had his hands operated. By the time I met him, he'd had his hands operated on three times. Really? Yeah. He'd like been carpal f- tunnel stuff or like injuries? I don't know. Oh. I'm assuming, yeah. I mean, like, I'm, sure I'm assuming it was like injuries because he didn't, he wasn't really the typist type. I got it, you know? Yeah. But he, um, yeah, he, so he couldn't play exactly the right grace notes as they're written down, you know? But I mean, he could teach them very well and he mm-hmm. was incredibly patient. But uh, he always, he never played uh, synthetic reeds. 
to the to the the last time I saw him, and he's passed away now, um, probably 10, 15 years ago. But the last time I saw him, he was still playing cane reeds, and everybody else is doing these, you know, carbon fiber this and and you know synthetic that. Really. And always had a smoking sounding set of pipes. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, and of course they're worth you know five thousand dollars or something, yeah. silver and ivory, and but yeah, and then so Charlie was running the Suncoast Scottish Pipes and Drums, and then Jimmy Bell, who as you know runs Lion College, uh, is director of Scottish Arts there. Um, Jimmy Bell was coming down from Clare at the time. He lived in Clearwater, and um, you know he and I, he was he was running our band sort of with Charlie, he was like the pipe sergeant I think or pipe major and just kind of like background instructor type position and then he, he said you know I have some stuff for you he called me Pippin he calls me Pippin to this day oh yeah is this a Lord of the yeah. Rings thing or did it just feel right I, I don't know I don't know I just maybe it was Scotty Pippin did you have crazy hair at the time or? <laughs> I, I don't know I was I had short hair at the time <laughs> but you know Jimmy I mean I don't know if you met Jim but he's not he's not very tall he's like five four five five something like that but then oh, of course there's me wait am I thinking of the wrong who, who was the Bulls player who was always painting their hair that wasn't Scotty Pippin was it Oh, no, I think that was... Dennis uh, Rodman. I was Dennis, Dennis yeah. Rodman. Ah, oh, my bad, my bad. Yeah. Sorry, North sorry Korea. to interrupt you. Carry on. Oh, no, it's it's all good. Uh, yeah, North Korea, Dennis Rodman got... He didn't get married in a dress. No, I think he married himself. I think he... he did so he? He, I think he was wearing half a dress and half a suit or something like that. <laughs> see, this is like, probably worth Googling. You carry on with your story. I'm going <laughs> to dig into some Dennis Rodman stuff here. <laughs> him and, yeah, him and Kim Jong-un. Um, That's right, yeah. yeah. They had their thing, huh? He, go hang out in North Korea. <laughs> yeah. God, what a, what a tragedy that place is. But, um, but yeah, so Jim, Jim came down and he, and he brought me some music, some, you know, stuff outside of the, I mean, he could tell that I was kind of chomping at the bit moving beyond the, I mean, we were a grade five band, so, and it's, it's great for everybody at some point or another, um, in their piping career to be a part of or lead a grade five band. Um, because that, you know, that's, that's just, that's the way it should be. I mean, mm-hmm. you should have to go through it because it's, you, I mean, there's no better way to learn how to manage and deal with people than, than that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. Because you've got the, you've got the, the hobbyists and you've got the get away from the wife types and you've got the, you know, you know, you got the whole shebang, the whole yeah. gamut of different, different personalities. But anyway, and then Jim had me, um, he said, you know, Pippin, why don't you come to my place on Saturday and we'll start going over some Peabrook. Oh. So, yeah, so I drove my, this is back in what, 1997. So, um, like, gas was not terribly expensive, mm-hmm. which is a good thing because I had a '77 Lincoln Town Coupe, mm-hmm. with with had a which had a 460 in it with a four barrel. So you can imagine I'm getting eight miles to the gallon in the city. I was gonna say that's one of those where you can watch the needle on the on the yeah. fuel level go down as you accelerate. Yeah, each time you rev the engine, that's 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 torque, the engine torque. Yeah, that's that's fuel leaving the system. Yeah, yep. <laughs> Um, but yeah, but that, uh, so I drove that thing all the way to Clearwater every, every Saturday and uh, Jim would teach me P-Rock and it was, it was one of the coolest, and thinking back, you know, it was cool as hell and I was really awkward, man. Like, I wish I could go back in time and, and sponge up more of that time mm-hmm. because that's like once, I mean, you don't, you don't get that kind of, think about it, you know, just Jimmy Bell and here's me, just right. me and Jimmy learning yeah, that's, P-Rock. That's awesome that he was so open to like inviting you into that. That's uh Yeah. He surely and had he, other uh, things he could have been doing. Yeah. <laughs> to exactly. introduce Peabrook to this this awkward kid, man. That's uh that's awesome. Yeah. I was very fortunate. Um and never charged me a nickel for it either, which is cool. That's amazing. Yeah. Some people, man, are just just really really generous. It's really it's inspirational. Yeah, and I I am I'm really glad to to uh 
been able to be introduced to a guy like Jim because I mean, th- I mean, knowing now what I know about him, I mean, think about that stuff that he. I mean, he had he had tutelage from Donald McLeod. Mm. I mean, that kind of that kind of blows me away. And he's got he's got copies of music with handwritten notes on it from Donald McLeod. Well, do you ever sit back in awe, realizing that you're only a step away from Donald McLeod in your pedagogy now? Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's look at you, a, a giant leap. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, no, I mean, like, I didn't. God, I, you know, I hadn't thought about it like, put it like that. But yeah, no, I'd like to. I'd like to. I'd like to steal a bunch of his notes. What I'd like to do. <laughs> but um, now he's out. In, he's out in Arkansas now, and and uh, I still keep in touch with him. Yeah. Um, I think he still smokes like a chimney. He did back then. That might be an but important so, part of his success, right there. So don't make yeah, it right? stop. Yeah, but uh, you know, and so at the same time, I had I had I was going to get lessons from Jimmy Bell. There was Roddy McDonald, I think was his name. He was the guy, the grand altogether, that guy. I don't know if you ever met him or heard about him, but it was his right now. Yeah, it was like his, uh, it was like his tagline. Oh, it's just grand altogether. He was another chain smoker. He's the guy that taught me how to tie in a bag. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I remember, this is, this will tell you how much extensive piping has gotten, and and I'm hoping you're cutting out all the awkwardness here, uh, in post, but, um. Keeping it all, man. Yeah, oh, jeez. I remember, okay, when I bought my first, I bought a, my first set of bagpipes was some, some, some maker called Doby. I've never heard of anything Doby, about it since huh? then. Yeah. Apparently, apparently made for Kintail at some point or another, but I bought that set of pipes from a guy we called Fast Eddie, who was about 110 years old, um, for 450 bucks, and it had a small bag on it. Wait, it his name was Fast somewhere. Eddie? No, we called him Fast Eddie, because he was... You know, he's old and falling apart. Yeah, are you sure he's not still alive? Because there's a fast Eddie who sounds like he might be old and falling apart who calls into the Channerant podcast every now and again. Uh, I don't know. This guy was like 90 back then. So <laughs> he'd, he'd be a, a record setter if wonder he were alive if, today. wonder if these fast Eddie calls are coming from the other side. Maybe that's what's going mm. on. I'll get the Channerant boys in looking into this. We'll get Eric Avenhouse. He's a, he's a ghost hunter. We'll get him into this. We'll figure out where these are coming from. There you go. But... The small bag on them had to be swapped out. Mm. I also so, got started on a small bag and very quickly realized that that was not going to work. <laughs> no, are you a big guy? Are yeah, you like tall. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I was. I think I was six foot three or six foot four when I when I was like oh. twelve years old and started playing. Like I haven't grown much since then. Jesus, but, yeah, um, you were a tall I, kid. Yeah. I did all my growing well vertically at least. I've I've expanded horizontally since then. But uh, yeah, I all do the that vertical too. Growth was <laughs> early. Yeah, I well, see, that's my that's my secret to not looking any older is I just gain weight and then so the wrinkles go. never actually develop into fissures. Yeah, and that's you, it. I just I just, just stay shiny and tight. Out. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so but apparently extended smalls are kind of a thing now. Like Livingston, oh, I think, right. like yeah. there's that size, you know. Yeah. But so we swapped up. That, okay, so the point I was driving at, I bought an L and M hide bag, an elk hide bag. Mm-hmm. Um, back in 96 or 7 for 79 bucks. Mm. Now, what does a Ganaway cost nowadays? Like $295 or something? I was going to say 300 I haven't had to buy one in a long time, but I think that's the range, yeah. Yeah, they're spendy. And that's, and what's, but what's really weird is pipes haven't gotten that much more expensive. Because I remember when I first started, I was drooling over the, like, the David Nail... Or Shepard, like the military regulation ones that comes fully mounted in ivory. Right. Back then they were like eleven or twelve hundred bucks, and I think they're about the same now. Yeah, it's about what you expect. Oh, okay. I'm, yeah. I am looking right now. I see that Henderson actually has a plain Ganaway bag, like no zipper or anything, for two hundred forty. Mm-hmm. 
So okay. I bet once you add the zippers and stuff, if you do grommets, that kind of stuff, I bet it is around 300. But yeah, that's, yeah, there you that's go. around there. Yeah. So, I mean, what does that tell you for inflation? Now, why is leather getting more expensive but blackwood, which is apparently becoming more <laughs> right. scarce, yeah. is, is about the same? Yeah, I think, um, you'd think we'd have more cows since, uh, since though, though that was elk hide, huh? Maybe the elk population is what's suffering. Yeah. Was it elk hide? Because I remember them talking about, like, it just being tanned in elk oil. Oh, of course, that raises right. the question, what the hell is elk oil? Yeah, how do you squeeze oil from an elk, huh? <laughs> <laughs> They're not friendly animals either, so like, <laughs> where, where are you getting this, uh, uh, yeah, there's a whole herd of them, they're just milking them or something. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, I'm curious, like, as we're talking about bagpipe parts and stuff, like, since starting, has your, like, standard play, your standard set of pipes that you play most often, have you changed your, your instrument a lot? Just because I'm, I'm kind of leading toward, you know, eventually making some. I'm curious if you'd hopped mm-hmm. around different makers and stuff like that and tried different different sets of drones and thought, oh, I like this, I don't like that. Or have you had the same thing from the beginning? Oh, are you talking about the the boars? Yeah, I'm curious about that. Just like, I mean, oh yeah, yeah. Because like personally, so, I've only ever had one set of pipes, you know, and so I'm curious. Really? Like, had you been, have you tried different stuff and started thinking, I like that, I don't like that, or you know? Yeah, um, I've always been kind of sorry. <clears throat> One of my terrible habits, I, I, I vape. Um, but it should be smoking cigarettes and dipping, so... Yeah, that, um, that'll make you more authentic, right, for the piping. Right, world. right, for sure. You certainly smell more like a piper. But, um, no, I, you know, I've always, I've always kind of gravitated towards the brighter sounds. Mm. And I tell you, the best set of drones I ever heard... And, I, and it, you know, when you, you're on piping warm enough, you hear it, like, oh, those are those phenomenal this, that, the other maker, yeah. you know. Best set of pipes I ever heard... Uh, were, were Jimmy Bell's dad's pipes and they were a, like 1953 or 54 so R.G. Hardy's back when he was playing Kane Reeds mm-hmm. there was nothing like it man yeah. I've never heard anything like it and then and he started he switched to playing easy drums with a Kane bass and I could, the life was gone from you could tell huh oh my god like a mile away yeah. it was crazy huh. but I've always yeah they had a real bright kind of metallic hollow shimmery kind of sound yeah um and so I kind of went that direction, and you know I've tried different things and opened up, you know, like a lot of the, a lot of the stability in the instrument comes from the bell, mm. and it, a lot of it, believe it or not, comes from the shape of the stock. Oh really? And yeah, that's so interesting. Can, I, I would not have guessed the stock would have had much much uh, effect. So that, well, yeah, I didn't I didn't either. Uh-huh. Um, I, getting in and playing with this stuff, um, but like. Like anything else, or like, you know, like you take a, uh, well, in aviation, you know, we talk about, you know, static pressure goes down as uh, velocity increases through the, through fluid, right? So if you take, if the stock is a straight tube, then the, then the, then the velocity of the air is going to be, be the same. If the stock is tapered towards the drone, then the velocity is going to increase as it gets towards the drone. Oh, I see. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So. That's interesting. something to be said for. That's, that's in interesting. That. that makes me think of uh, Donald Lindsay, who's, you know, he's does some 3D printed instruments. Um, yeah. Has talked about, like, messing with how to open and close the shape of, of the hole, basically the hole through which air passes before getting into or on its way into a small pipe stock that's got all the drones in it. And mm-hmm. I think he was chasing what's called phase locking for the sound. You know, mm-hmm. that's coming out of the drones. I could be mistaken about that uh, phraseology there, but 
that's just interesting that um, now you, you say that. That connects in my mind with like this idea that if, as, if you adjust that shape, you do make a difference on how the sound comes out. Yeah, yeah. So you can so the think about that. Like it's like you can get a, a large volume of air moving relatively slowly, mm. or you can get a smaller volume of air moving relatively quickly, mm. and the the end total is the same, right? And yeah. then you can accomplish you can accomplish two different things based on how you approach it that way. Very interesting. So it's kind of like yeah, like a, like a turbo fan versus a turbo jet, mm. right? Uh, so turbo jets are faster, but fans are <laughs> right. <efficient>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so tell me real quick how you got into Denver, and then I want to hear about how you got into piping, and then we'll bring those things together. Or so, I mean, sorry, I said piping. I meant printing, but go on. Um, so, yeah, I came out here back in 2019. Um, my mother, uh, her pancreas had cancer to turn, and so I came out. I was a nurse, mm-hmm. and so I came out to kind of help take care of her in her final days. And You know, it was a, it was a blessing. We, we, we knew when it was going to happen. You know, yeah. Colorado has... Uh, has a something called medical assistance in death, mm-hmm. and so she, you know, you see a doctor twice. The doctor writes a prescription of a lethal combination of drugs, very specific to that purpose. It's not like they're being sneaky about it. Right. It's sanctioned and it's understood that this is what's going to happen. And you know, it was a blessing because the end of pancreatic cancer is not pretty. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So anyway, um, not to go down that road, but that's what brought me out here. And and Colorado is so much prettier than Florida, um, <laughs> and it's not as hot. At least not year round. Yeah, some and people might argue with you about the prettiness, um, but definitely there's yeah. no arguing about the heat difference. Oh, for sure. You know, I like seasons, and funny thing happens, you have them here. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. crazy. <laughs> so um, I stuck around out here and, and got involved, and I, I took a job in aviation and, um, out here and, and uh, was loving it, and then COVID hit, and yeah. then, of course, my job was redundant, and uh, you know, I was one of the first to go, and I was like, wow, this sucks. Did you find so, a, have you found a pipe band there in the Colorado in, in Colorado yet? Well, there's several of them here. Yeah. Um, I really ought to <laughs> really ought to do more of that. But you know, I, I, I went to a few practices for one of them here, and it just it wasn't it didn't seem like uh, it was a good fit. Sure, sure. Um, but I don't have much honestly. This I and I and I, I say I don't actually work a day in my life now that I'm doing this. I enjoy the hell out of what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, with the with the 3D printing, um, I wouldn't call myself a pipe maker because the, there's a there's a, a lot more involved in what those guys do. But mm-hmm. I consider myself a maker in the sense that you know nowadays colloquially it's it's you know we term ourselves as makers in the 3D printing realm. Right, right, yeah. But uh, I don't, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't classify myself in the same as those guys. Yeah. What I'm trying to do, I think, is is important in, yeah. in the piping community, um, because. I don't know if you got it, but I certainly did. The first set of bagpipes I ever bought, not knowing any better, was made in Pakistan and was basically suitable to hang on the wall or probably the short leg of the couch. Yeah. No, I I was really lucky in that I was surrounded by very knowledgeable and capable pipers when I got started, but I encounter this all the time at the free class that our band does, and people email me a lot saying, hey, my kid wants to learn, I want to learn, my grandson wants to learn, et cetera. And I've got just a copy-paste statement for every email like that, that before mm-hmm. anything else, all caps, do not buy bagpipes yet. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Too many times people showed up with like, oh, I spent two or $300 on this, and it's like, ah, man. And I got the whole kit. It even came with a case and extra reads and everything. Yeah. And, and I've yeah. tried to make some of those sets work. Like, I've tried so hard, and I've never got mm-hmm. a whole set working. 
Yeah. No, I mean, it's 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 funny. Charlie Murray, uh, going back to, to, my, to my beginning, Charlie Murray grew up in, in his neighborhood where he grew up. There was a bagpipe maker in his neighborhood. Oh, really? And, yeah, Charlie had a loaner set of pipes that I played um, until I bought Fast Eddie's pipes, his dobies. Mm. Uh, and they were actually a Pakistani-made set of bagpipes that the bagpipe maker that had lived in Charlie's neighborhood where he grew up had gone through and re and you know like remanufactured so they actually sounded solid. Like rebore them and stuff like that. Yeah, he cleaned them up. Didn't yeah. know what he did to them, but um, but yeah, he went through them. They had it was the weirdest set of pipes I've ever seen. It had pewter mounts, like soup oh. to nuts. It was it was crazy looking. That actually and sounds kind of cool. They were kind of sharp looking. Yeah. Uh, they were and they were nailed on there. They weren't. They were nailed on. <laughs> they were like with finishing nails. Yeah, That's unique. The, it was it was different huh. for sure. I'm kind of surprised that there wasn't, you know, like that the wood lasted long enough, you know, that, yeah, I would think a pressure point from a nail, especially in a humid place like, like, uh, Florida, I don't know, maybe the humidity actually would help, huh? Help it. I don't know. I don't know, because I talked to, I talked to Char, uh, to Peter Chrysler about, what, 15 years ago, mm. and he said there's so much resin, like people talk about oiling your drones oh, and stuff. yeah. He told me, and I don't know if it's true, uh, he said there's so much resin in black wood that it's almost completely useless to oil your drones. That, <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. I still yeah. do it up here, but like I remember my pipes, I used, they used to have a varnish finish on the outside, mm-hmm. and and I removed that a couple years ago because I wanted more of a matte finish. Nice. And since then, I, I also <laughs> several of my friends work in the essential oils business, uh-huh. including my buddy Kevin, who's been on the show before, <coughs> and uh, uh-huh. and, my, and my friend Zach, who I talk a lot about. He a lot of several of his family members also work in essential oils business and so i have actually i have a bucket in my shed that is a cocktail of some of the fanciest and most expensive essential oils on the it's out awesome. there but like I, I get them free you know like like factory surplus and stuff like that it yeah. smells amazing and i just i have friends over every once in a while we do a, an oiling party and we uh-huh. just there, I, I would imagine there's probably at least some intake because we're absolutely oh, yeah. immersing our <laughs> unvarnished drones right into this bucket. Anyway, yeah, I, I would think there has to be some kind of utility to it, otherwise it wouldn't right? it wouldn't have passed down. I mean, it's not just bagpipers that do it either. Yeah, um, you know. Um, well, and up here, Utah and Colorado, where you're at as well, it's it's so darn dry. Like, yeah, I, it would make me nervous to leave them completely alone. But. Yeah, for sure. I and I am I am growing painfully accustomed to the dry weather i never had to worry about lotion like i did uh, here yeah. in Colorado. it's the craziest thing my sister jokes around. she's like yeah you gotta lube up every time you walk out the door here. yep it's, especially it we're, we're coming up on lotion season right now about the time I'm october hits you, that's when my knuckles start cracking man yeah what is that dude that never happened to me before <laughs> i think my fingertips because, i think it's because of you know there's the movement right you're moving your fingers they so they bend mm-hmm. right there but then i think it's because mm-hmm. going in and out of your pockets it gets so much worse yeah. for me when I when I've got like you know when when I'm out do, on a job site or something where I'm pulling tools out of my pockets a lot. Mm-hmm. Just takes all the oil right away off of your natural yeah. your natural skin oils, you know, and yeah, bloody knuckles all winter, man. Oh yeah, and then you throw some sort of a uh, a defatting agent like that. That used to it's a kill me. When I was an aircraft mechanic, man. We'd have like toluene and acetone, all oh, these yeah. chemicals. <laughs> Phenomenally good for you long term, I'm sure. But like, oh yeah, your dip hands, your hands in this; it'll give you a little bit, a little, little yeah. bit of, of, of sickness, right? Yeah, yeah. But I, some of the old timers I worked with, man, they were washing their hands in trichloroethane, just <laughs> rinsing them off of that. 
or MEK sometimes I'm like dude you do not know no and that's just like <laughs> this is why this is why OSHA tells us that the, the, the average life lifespan of a mechanic after retirement is 18 months like, well that's why because his body's dissolving been swishing with acetone his whole life <laughs> yeah seriously but but yeah my uh, skin does not do well out here so yeah. I have uh, I got aquaphor on tap yeah big keg of it in the bathroom well, when did uh, when did three D printing come into your like? Had you been doing three D design stuff before? Like, was this a Florida thing, or did you just pick it up recently? No, actually, that that came up here. Yeah. Um, uh, it was uh, I had just started a different career, so it was a totally different thing for me. I was uh, doing retirement planning, believe it or not, mm. and um, I was making killer money uh, helping people, and it's uh, that was a really fun when when things were going well it was really fun yeah but when things weren't going well it was a grind dude yeah um but i had some extra time and a lot of extra income and i was like bored and so i'm like i need a hobby and mm-hmm. i was you know i'd see every once in a while on youtube stuff because i don't watch tv i just I, my tv is a smart tv so it has you that's constantly glued to youtube yeah right and um Every once in a while, a, a 3D printing video would come up in my feed, and it sort of kind of piqued my interest, and yeah. I learned about it, and back in, what, like, spring of 2020, I uh, bought my first 3D printer, and, I was, and it was under $300, so I was like, it's not that expensive, Yeah. and I got tooling around with it, and um, I thought, you know, at the time, <laughs> here's what's been funny, at the time, I didn't have a bagpipe. Oh, really? And, and so I was like, I wonder if there's plans, and so you mentioned Donald Lindsay, I actually found Donald Lindsay's plans, Yeah. And, um, I started fiddling around with them and and, uh, and printed out my first set of bagpipes with a 3D printer, and um, you know they needed they needed some changes to uh, to get to be mass producible. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of I basically started over with them. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and then and some of my friends were like, you know, I was blown away because after some work they sounded really good. Yeah. And I was like, there's no way this just came off a 3D printer. Yeah. I mean, why is everybody not doing this? And, and I guess, I don't know. Well, you know, let's talk about that. Because there's, I think there are some, I think there are probably multiple reasons. And I, I don't know if, if maybe, maybe, may, maybe, I, I don't know. I'd imagine that maybe we kind of are, are both thinking in similar ways. Like, um, I don't know, something that I really like about Donald Lindsay is that all of his projects, whether it's the Lindsay System Chanter, or the drones, or the whistles, he's, like, very, he's completely, like, open with all of it. It's like, mm-hmm. here, yeah, here are the plans, here are the dimensions, here's how I do it. Uh, his Lindsay yeah. system, the system for the chanter, any other maker who wants to make it can make it, you know? And uh, and he's talked before about how, like, part of that is because he thinks that, um, you know, that's the only way that it's going to get, sort of, like, be viable, you know? You can't, if he tries to guard his secrets, yeah. He, he he won't be able to get enough people out there interested in his secrets fast enough before he's dead. You know, like you got to get it out there. But yeah, what, I haven't I haven't been able to talk with him much. I've, I've yeah. shot him a couple of emails. I wonder, I was interested in his small pipes. I wanted to right. see his small pipes. What what does he do? Is he an engineer or something? I believe he worked in plumbing at some point. Uh-huh. Um, was it plumbing? Uh, I believe so. And and then. Um, most recently, from what I can tell, he's just moving from from island to island around the British Isles, uh, wow. making bagpipe stuff. I think his wife does social work, and so she's getting oh. jobs around, you know, and, and uh, 
capturing interesting audio recordings of birds and stuff. Like basically just living the dream. I think is that's just the impression I have. <laughs> that uh, what do they call it? Bohemian lifestyle. Yeah, that yeah, called? yeah. And that's cool, man. You know, I've never played with his, his Lindsay system chainer. Um, I've got one here. It's super cool. What what is so? It's a. I've heard. I've seen the video clip of him playing like way above and below. Yes. Right? It, and then it, you sent me one of, of your chainer. Right, yeah. And he's been helping me test stuff out with that one. And so I'm really excited about it. So the, what I'm working with, uh, kind of some of, the, some of the concepts do cross over, um, mm-hmm. using flea holes to like kick the air pressure into different, into different gears and stuff like that. But the Lindsay system chanter is unique in that it's like if you could imagine taking a, a, a small pipe chanter and making mm-hmm. it like twice as long as a typical small pipe chanter, of okay. course, of course, you couldn't play that right, but right, he basically right. folds it in half. Okay. And then you use um, fingers that usually aren't being utilized, right? Uh, your your lower hand left thumb pinky. and your yeah, exactly your left pinky yeah. and all that to control the holes. Because of course, as it gets lower and lower, right, the holes are further and further apart. So then you mm-hmm. fold it in half, right? And he's that that's way overly simple, you know. That's mm-hmm. a really simple overview. You look at his most recent iterations. Um, there's a lot of work that's going into this for sure, but yeah, it's a very interesting system. It gives you like over two octaves, bunch of accidentals, really cool. Oh, that's that is cool. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like um, it sounds like uh, I, I was very intrigued by the John Wall shuttle pipes. Like how the hell? Oh yeah. Like I didn't know how yeah. that worked. And he's got he's got passages I guess drilled in there, and for the life of me, I couldn't figure out how because it's all wood, right? Yeah. Like, how does it make the turd? Because you got to drill. I don't know. I didn't want to take it apart and bust it up to find out. How <laughs> right. That's done. an expensive experiment to do. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, his, uh, it's similar to that, I guess. Then. Yeah. Yeah, um, probably. I've never looked at the inside of a set, set of shuttle pipes, but I could imagine that's how you get the length, right? To, yeah. To get that sound out of such a small shuttle. Yeah, I've got I've got one of one of my customers has asked me to print her out a uh, an Ilian pipe chanter, mm-hmm. an Ilian pipe chanter. And I don't know anything about Ellen Pipes. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I guess. I, you know, I, I, please don't hold me accountable for any kind of sound or tonal qualities. Yeah. Um, I, I, I heard I a guy playing a, a printed Ellen Pipe channel a little while ago, and it sounded surprisingly good, you know. I and I, I, that, that's probably part of the resistance, right? All of us, even even myself, who, who tinkers with this stuff, I'm surprised. I say surprisingly good, right? You know, so that's probably part of the resistance to the idea, right? It's like we don't, yeah. we just don't expect it to work for some reason, right? Right. I, yeah. And I think it may be because there is, there is that sort of like almost gatekeeper mm, sort of yeah. attitude that a lot of people have about this stuff. Like, well, you don't know what you're doing, so you can't touch this, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but she, yeah, she's asked me to print out a, an Ellen chair and, uh, and I've looked at the plans and I've got the plans. It's like, um, I don't know how this goes together. I said, I tell you what I'll do. <laughs> I'll print the big parts in pink because I'm pretty sure that's the main part. Of oh it. yeah, yeah. And all these little fittings and stuff. I'm gonna print those in black, and then I'll send it all to you, and you can kind of sort. She can do the puzzle. And she's excited about it. Yeah, she's yeah. fired up. So I'm interested to see if it if it works for her. Yeah. I hate for it to you know not work. Well, tell me before we dive into sort of the philosophy and stuff like that. Just let's in case anybody listening is in suspense right now. Um, tell me about the company and what you do. What is 3D printed bagpipes and, and all that stuff? Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm my, the, basically the philosophy of my, my company is I'm not trying to compete with, with the big guys, uh, with, the, with the legacy makers, you know, McCallum and Henderson and Shepard and all these guys. Those, those pipes are worth every penny. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to put something out there for folks who don't have that kind of financial bankroll available. That isn't, you know, I'm trying to put something out there that sounds good, that is available to people, 
you know, to compete with the with the ball hangers, the Amazon bagpipes, you know, um, you know that they're playable. You know, yeah. you could take my pipes to band practice, and they sound good, and they and you could play them in competition. I mean, I played them in solos. Um, in fact, Ralph, you saw the orange and blue bagpipes, right? Uh, you know, he he played them. He played them in grade one and won a couple of second places. With them. Did he? <laughs> which, yeah, which I'm surprised the judge wasn't like, just get out of here, dude. <laughs> right? But, yeah. But uh, he pulled it off. But yeah, the idea is, you know, they're affordable, approachable bagpipes that sound solid. They're not gonna. They're they're not heirloom sets. I don't. I don't pretend to be in that you know category. Yeah. Um, but you know, they're the. There is nothing. If you think about it, there's nothing in in bagpiping that is entry level, right? It's mm. basically practice chanter to a thousand dollars or nine hundred bucks or eight hundred bucks yeah. or whatever. There's nothing in the middle, and I'm trying to put something there for folks. You know, and, and the other thing is. Like I said, I tried guitar, piano, trumpet, bass guitar growing up. You know, my my buddy in Florida, Fabio, is a college buddy of mine. Yes, his name is really Fabio. Hmm. Um, his Poor daughter kid. played. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was it was a riot. We played brain ball together in college. Hmm. But he uh, his daughter uh, has a three thousand dollars saxophone that she had to have when she was playing in the middle school, and he bought hmm. it for her, and now she has left it in the garage. Yeah. Three thousand dollars saxophone. So, like, what about the parents that are, you know, their kids being nurtured and playing a practice chanter? And, Mom, Dad, you know, um, teacher says I'm ready to get a set of pipes. Let's get a set of pipes. And parents are all like, yeah, let's do it. And they find out it's $1,200. Right. And right. this is going to be a fad, you know. What yeah. if it's a fad? The kid goes to high school and his rival high school plays a bag by the backpack. <laughs> right. Besides, it's not worth it, you know. So, But you don't want to, like, what a rough position for the parent to be in wanting to be supportive. Yeah, but you can't yeah, be. Exactly. You, you essentially can't be supportive, right? In some cases, right? Yeah, and there's. It's not like you can rent. I mean, how many stores are going to rent out a bagpipe? Oh yeah, I, I've I've gone and pitched it to local music stores before, and one of them actually had mm-hmm. done it before I went and asked them. Apparently, and they oh, said yeah? it just wasn't worth it to them because it's such an expensive instrument. And so yeah. then, like, when it gets damaged, it comes back to them. They don't know how to clean it. Like, there's just all kinds of problems. Mm, yeah, yeah, and so and that's another brings up another point damage you know yeah. um kids are rough on rats right you know if you break if you break a section of the piping you know piece of the my bagpipe it's, it's 25 or 30 bucks to replace a you know a, a tenor bottom section or right or whatever it's not 250 bucks if you got to send it away to scotland wait four to six weeks to get it right yeah you know the idea is i want something available for people that's entry level it'll get them started and, and then while they're playing this they've got they can save up the money to get an heirloom set you know yeah also, though, the other angle seems to be like novelty too, right? Like you mentioned, the orange and blue bagpipes, right? I'm imagining oh, oh, like, yeah, yeah. if I if I had a high school pipe band, I would be like, hey, what if we got sets of pipes like drones in our school colors, you know, <laughs> or, yeah. or or like have a holiday set that I could bust out for a Christmas concert or something like that? I you actually know? just I actually just took an order this morning from a woman who wants a green Kelly Green set for St. Patrick's Day. There you go. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and you know that's that's the other thing. I I, I hadn't even mentioned that. I'm, you know, I'm glad you brought it up. You know, custom colors are a huge part of of what I do. Yeah. Um, the, the filament. You know, it's weird. I I just lowered my prices. Right. They were uh, they were three hundred and Five dollars for a set of drones, or three hundred fourteen for a set of drones, I think, or something like that. I don't remember, but and I just lowered them to, to two sixty-five. Yours is the only business doing the opposite of inflation at present, which is exactly my my philosophy, right? Like my filament cost just went up; everything just went up. Yeah. I'm like, 
it's ridiculous. I mean, nobody's making as much money, and they're charging more for everything. What what is going on? Yeah. But anyway, but yeah, like uh, you know, custom colors are like a thing. Like Ralph wanted orange and blue. I I, I swear to you, I'm not making this up. When he he and I would exchange emails probably for a week before the order actually came in, and I was I was perfectly polite and professional, and I was like, he said, "What about blue for the drones?" And this orange silk filament for the for the mounts. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, uh, that's 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 all you, man. I thought he was a Gators <laughs> fan, a, a Broncos fan. I didn't know what was going on. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna wait till the check clears before I order anything <laughs> for this guy, you know. And sure enough, the check cleared. It came through, and I yeah. got he emailed me a pictures of a time, and I'm like, this dude was dead serious. He was serious. There's and a tune. I, I can't remember. I think it's a Strath bass called The Orange and the Blue. Maybe it's a March. Yeah, I used to play that tune in, yeah, in the did. band I played with in Orlando. Yeah. That's the one, yeah. Yeah, it's a great, great respect. Um, but yeah, and like, so, you know, I mean, I got folks that, that do things like that. I'm trying to, trying to design up a set of Scottish small pipes right now. Yeah. Um, I've got a set of, uh, I've got some chalice top medieval, sort of medieval, uh, like antique style bagpipes. Mm that I've just got to post photos of that are going to be up on the site. Oh, and, uh, Dave, I have, um, if it'd be helpful to you, I actually have, I bought a full set of AD combo small pipe um, set uh, uh, plans from a maker who went out of business a little while ago. Really? Um, I can send you some pictures, just if you want to be able to look at dimensions and stuff. It's got board sizes and everything on it, so I can send you that some photos be, of that. That would be phenomenal. What yeah, was the, who was the maker? Uh, Hope was the last name. Hope. Yeah. Huh. That's cool. Yeah. I, uh, dude, I would love that. I would, I, I'll send you a set of drones for that. <laughs> <laughs> wait till see, wait and see if it's actually, I'll send it to you. And then if it's like really useful and you get rich off of it, I'll take a set of drones. You bet. <laughs> yeah, there you, go. <laughs> but you can wait till you get rich first. <laughs> yeah. Well, that sounds fair. Yeah. And I also want to yeah. make, make clear that like, like, of course these prices may well move in future, but what will yeah. remain consistent is that this is, like you say, a price comparable option when you look at the non-playable instrument, but it's actually a playable instrument. And that's, that's right. the, uh, the whole idea. That would remain consistent. So. Right, exactly. It will always be, my goal is, no matter what, I'm, I, it will always be an economical entry-level price that you know parents can afford for their kids or people can afford as a novelty, as you pointed out, like holiday, you know, red and green for Christmas or, you know, whatever the... Yeah. The, uh, there happens to be, but you know, one of the uh, here's the other thing is one of the one of the reasons I'm able to keep my overhead or keep my prices as low as they are is I I do this out of my home. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and I'd like to keep it that way. Right now, my my printing operation, if you can call it that, is uh, four printers in my walk-in closet, and that mm-hmm. closet is about 110 degrees. So I, I don't bet. Have my yeah. Printing enclosure. <laughs> the money that you're gonna save on your heating bill over the winter just by opening the closet sure. door. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm reducting the whole house right to my closet. <laughs> Never mind the plastic things, everybody. It's fine. That's right. Um, but, do, uh, that actually reminds me. Do you do it all PLA or do you do ABS as well or other materials? Uh, so I'm. Right now, through PLA plus yeah. and and, uh, and silk PLA for some of the mounts, but I'm moving towards uh, PETG yeah. uh, for the temperature, you know, durability of it. But the PLA plus, man, there is there's this PLA plus I've been using. I'm, I'm just wild over. It's called Duramic. Duramic. And that's huh? Duramic PLA plus. That stuff is tougher than nails, dude. Yeah. It's like rhino lining tough. I remember because I would print. When I first started printing, I had like 50% of the parts that would come off the printers at the toss because I couldn't get the support material clean off of them enough so that they looked good. Yeah. 
and it was because that ceramic stuff was so damn tough I mm. couldn't get it couldn't get it off there um, but now I put it in a way that I don't it doesn't require support which is awesome yeah, yeah. but ceramic is is the, the mods when it comes to tough uh, PLA plus just plain old PLA it's super easy to print mm. Um, PETG maybe eventually I'm 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 gonna go to ABS probably but that's there's so many things that are like uh, carbon fiber nylon would be cool too oh yeah yeah I tried I tried a wood infused ABS once yeah. it had like like bamboo sawdust in it yeah 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 one thing that I liked about it is it actually smelled like smoky wood as it was yeah, coming yeah. out it was a very pleasant smell which probably actually wasn't good because I was probably taking in more fumes than I usually would have you know just because it right, smelled nice. Like the, the butadine fumes as well. Yeah. yeah, but the the um, it was interesting that like anything that it was printing that was smaller, so the head the nozzle stayed on it for longer, would actually mm-hmm. darken just because it was the wood was getting burnt. You know, oh, so cool. it made for an interesting kind of color effect too. So like when the nozzle does the like the ironing stuff, it's uh, darkening of the wood. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, I was actually thinking of throwing in maybe you can give me some feedback on what do you think. I was thinking of doing because I found an ebony infused PLA. Ooh, ooh. And yeah, it's a little more expensive than regular imagine, PLA, yeah. but um, not by much. You would, you'd be surprised. Yeah. But I was thinking about having that as an offering and see what the the acoustic properties are a little different. I played with it, and it's a little different. It's huh. it's subtle, but it is different. Yeah. Um, it's got like twenty percent ebony powder in it, and then the binder, of course, is um, the PLA classic. Yeah. Well, and speaking of the acoustics, maybe this is a good place to insert this. So. Well, um, let's see. I want to make sure we set it up well, because um, like, like you, so like, the the idea here is like affordability, whether that's for novelty or just for getting started or, or your second set for when it rains or anything like that, right? right? Yeah, the, the foul weather set. Yeah. Right. Fact, but you're making very clear, like, you, you are not trying to say like, ignore the McCallums, right? No. By for this sure instead, not. you know, this is uh, yeah. this is really occupying a space where they're. We need instruments in this price range. This is, yeah, and it's an actual yes. instrument. Um, right. And so, what people people would be people are hesitant though sometimes, especially if we are already in piping, because we think, oh, plastic. And I mean, I remember when the first Sterling sets, or at least that yeah. I know of, in the Polypenko yeah. sets, right, were coming out. Um, yeah, and like, were the first ones I saw. I think that was the first set that I heard as well. Yeah. Um, but um, like, I remember I turned my nose up at it, but I don't think yeah. I actually knew what I was talking about, honestly. I've heard plenty of poly sets at this point that sound awesome. And maybe yeah. it's because I don't have a very distinguishing ear, but often I could not tell the difference if I'm honest yeah, with myself, the, you know? Right. And, the, and the, the, that, that particular polymer is so dense that there's, there's very little difference right. in terms of you know, resonance. But I think there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, the, the poly Penko sets, I mean, the way they, the bores are like supremely easily polished with mm-hmm. those things. Polishing, whether or not polishing is 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 necessary in a bagpipe, that's kind of debatable. Mm. I, I kind of lean towards the uh, realm of it's it's not really necessary because you're never going to get a laminar flow out of a bagpipe. Let's be honest here, and that's what so, polishing would do. So rough interior walls maybe are not making that big a difference then. Well, I think I think pipe makers. I think that, yeah. I mean, it, I think they should get it as clean as they need to be. But let's not spend you know hours making like mirror shiny. Mm. I think that's mm-hmm. unnecessary effort. Sorry, not well, to go off on a tangent, but there's your tangent. No, it's, it's all interesting, man. This is what this is what the conversation's all about. So let, let's insert some audio samples here. Um, okay, here I am in post work doing the doing the edit before releasing the episode, and I'm going to insert here some sound samples. We'll have sound sample A, then B, and then C. And the two questions that I invite you to ponder are number one, 
which one of these samples, A, B, or C, is the 3D printed drones? And the second question I'd invite you to keep in mind is, which one of these samples do you like the most? Or do you like all of them, right? Because, of course, like we were saying in the conversation, like I do think that it's important to keep in mind that this isn't just about um, poo-pooing versus, um, you know, it doesn't have to be negative like that, but, you know, it's not just about distinguishing the materials. It's also like, well, does it sound good or doesn't it? You know, it can be as simple as that. So here's sound sample A. Here's sound sample B. Here's sound sample C. Okay, now I'm going to get those to you one more time, kind of in more rapid succession. So here's A. Here's B. Here's C. Okay. Which one is the 3D printed set? And also, which one did you like the most? Okay, I'm going to give you a minute. Okay, here comes the answer. The answer is, the 3D printed set was B. Okay, now we're gonna do it again. We got another set of samples here. Again, one of these in here is, is the 3D printed set. So we've got sample A. Here's sample B. And here's sample C. Those was the 3D printed set of drones. Give them to you one more time in more rapid succession here. Here's A. Here's B. And here's C. Which one of those was the 3D printed set? I'm going to tell you here in three, two, one. Trick question, none of them. Ha ha ha. All right, let's do it just one more time. Just one more of these. I won't, I won't do another trick question, I promise. One of these really will be a 3D printed set of drones. Okay, so here's sample A. Here's sample B. And here is sample C. One more time in slightly more rapid succession. Here's A. Which one of those was the 3D printed set of drones? I'm going to tell you in three, two, one, A. It was sample A that time. So first of all, could you tell? And secondly, does it matter? Does it still sound good? Personally, I like the way they sound. I think they sound great, especially considering the price point. I think it's remarkable and it makes me feel a little less stressed with the plethora of children that my wife and I have produced, many of whom are likely to head toward piping eventually during their lives. It's a, it's a real boon to folks like me, and it also makes me feel excited about thinking about like cool novelty sets and stuff like that that I might have done in the future. So uh, if, if it'd be fun, get on, get on the Facebook page, you know, find, find the Droning On podcast on Facebook or uh, message me on, on Instagram, uh, same thing, droning.on.podcast, or, or send me an email, the droningonpodcast at gmail.com. And let me know, did your, did your ear nail it every time? Did you know exactly which ones were 3D printed? Were you surprised? Are you surprised in a positive way? Are you uh, upset about this idea? And would you like to never, ever see 3D printed drones? You know, like, I, I'd love to hear what, what y'all have to say. Send me emails or let me know on social media and stuff. And, um, you know, remember to leave positive reviews for the show and buy stuff at bagpipeswag.com and become a patron if you want to. And I do drawings for cool stuff. 
patreon.com uh, slash joining on podcast. Um, you know, all the standard stuff. There's stuff in the show notes, including uh, links to, to Dave's projects, um, these 3D printed drones and, and all that. And uh, back to the interview. Have a good one. Bye. People to consider yeah. also, like, there's, there's the one question, can you tell if it's 3D printed versus wood? That's a question. If I think about it much, though, it begins to seem to me like, does that question even matter? And maybe the more important question is, does this sound nice? Right. Right. It's so subjective. Right? Yeah. I mean, like, I have heard people just rave about drones. And thought, you know, they don't sound bad, but I don't think they're that good. Yeah. And then, I, you know, I've, I, uh, yeah, totally, it's just absolutely subjective. It's like, like, people will talk about, people will talk about drone sounds like wine. <laughs> totally. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, uh, it's a mischievous oaky finish with, um, <laughs> a, with a lyrical backdrop of, but yeah, when you when you take that saucy tenor drone and, <laughs> and yeah. combine it with the gravelly overtones of the bass, right? Yeah, exactly. Now that, that was aged in a certain barrel cask. That's right. Yeah. Right. Well, this PLA was made in in you know the southern <laughs> region of China, so of course that's that's a little more humid in that area. So PLA infuses a little more. Yeah. Uh, right. Oh, I'm going to be holding on to mischievous as an ag- adjective for describing drone sound for the rest of my life. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the best things I ever heard Jimmy, sell, Jimmy say about his drones is like, oh, you got to go for that big, warm, wet mushroom sound. <laughs> big, you know, warm, I mean, wet mushroom, huh? And, you know, I've got this hero worship as a 17-year-old kid. Like, I don't want to say, what are you talking about, dude? <laughs> I'm sure enough. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, well, I... I, I in no way do I feel like I don't want this to come across as if I'm speaking like I'm being envious, nor that I'm saying like, um, well, I just in no negative way do I intend this. I, but I am intrigued and excited by the way that you talk about this because I'm sitting right next to a 3D printer right now that my friend Zach, who I've talked about on the show plenty of times before, that he purchased, and the the idea was exactly the same. We had started this pipe band, and Zach was a really good piper who um, did get a lot of good people around him, just like you did as a young person getting good instruction. But Mm. as he got older, he really wanted to get more instruction, and often there was a cost barrier. And having Mm. recognized that, like, very much his personal mission into adulthood up until he passed away was to, Mm. like, get the best possible piping and drumming instruction to as many people as possible for free, right? Like, remove as many barriers as possible. And the barrier that he couldn't remove, like, he could remove the barrier of the cost of his own time, you know, mm-hmm. we, we could put together, mm-hmm. like, free materials for our pipe band class and stuff. But then the instrument cost, that was the barrier yeah. he couldn't get past. And so we were focusing more on practice chanters because we were thinking about beginner, beginner, beginners, right? Sure, sure. But we talked about, like, we have good friends, Moral Bagpipes is here in Utah, and they make beautiful artisan bagpipes. Like, no, no two sets are the same, right? Just amazing That's alternative cool. woods and stuff. And we didn't want in any way to, for it to seem like we were thumbing our nose at our friends you know and being like oh don't buy their pipes buy ours for cheap you know like like you're put like you're laying it out like the the idea from the beginning was like these are different categories right this is this is more more utilitarian really to say Mm. here's something that's perfectly functional at a much more affordable price but having said that dave i also don't want to sound like i'm saying well this sound is these will sound good enough for a little while but throw them away as soon as you can these also sound really good. Like you could play these yeah. for the rest of your life and you wouldn't be in a bad situation. It's totally a good sounding thing. Right. So, yeah, yeah exactly. And I appreciate you saying that. And, and it's true. It's really, that's the only instrument I have is a set of, a set of the drones that I 3d printed. Mm-hmm. And I, I enjoy, I, I would have, I have no problem playing. I've done it before. I have no problem playing these on, on boards, but 
you know, Jim Nisbet in Florida, he's he's got a he's got a you know five thousand dollars set of silver Niagara Hendersons. He's looking to get a, a solid you know grade one pipe band player to to pick up. Mm-hmm. And he's, he said he's going to make these his primary. And I thought, God, what a compliment. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, they're they they're very and that's the other thing. They're very light. They're not as, oh, as heavy yeah. as the Delrin sets, so they're only a couple of three pounds. Mass bands um, is a lot more pleasant with three pounds oh, on yeah. your shoulder <laughs> instead you of marching around a parade for an hour and a half. You know, right. I'm glad you're not carrying your full silver set of shepherds, you know. Yeah. But but they do sound solid, and they are they are um, competitive in in tone for sure. Uh, yeah. But, but like I said, they're not. They're not. Uh, I'm not trying to be something that I'm not. You know. Right. Right. Well, and I, I've seen, I, I've never made a bagpipe bag myself. I have a good friend, Swan, who's been on the show before. He's made, has he made, I think he did make his own bag. But he's, he's gone down the bag rabbit hole a bit, you know, got some goat skin bags mm-hmm. and stuff like that, kind of oh, wow. trying stuff out. Um, but it, it seems to me like that is something someone can learn to DIY. And, you know, so I'm just thinking like, you know, where, and again, your prices can change, right? But like, where right mm-hmm. now I'm looking like, sub $300 I could get a full set of sticks and stocks and then for whatever Tandy's gonna charge me for leather and some YouTube videos I could put together a bag you know what Um, as a matter of fact I think the not to interrupt you no go on the button mount set I think I've got there under $200 oh my gosh you're right the microphone that I'm talking into was obscuring my vision of exactly that listing you're right right now it's at 175 so yeah. yeah I'm just thinking like how much stuff do I actually have to purchase and how much time do I actually have to put into it to put together a good set of bagpipes? It's a lot less than twelve hundred dollars. This is, yeah. Yeah, this is, and, and again, not saying to you know, if, if Henderson Imports is listening right now, not saying <laughs> that people shouldn't be buying McCallum's from you know, from from, right. from your website. That's still the the you know uh, the great standard, right? But like, if right, you can't right. do that, like this is a great option, you know. You know, it's like yeah, it's it's like a. Your, your, your kid's first car, and you're not going to right, buy a Mercedes Benz 500 SL or whatever. The, I don't know anything about Mercedes, but like, you know, the Cadillac, the latest Cadillac, it's yeah. not going to be the first car. Um, and you're certainly not going to buy them a classic 65 Lincoln Continental, you know, convertible right. um, that you want to hand down generation to generation. But, you know, the, the Toyota Corolla, it's, it's getting them from point A to point B safely, yeah. you know, is, uh, is, a, is definitely an option. And I think, you know, that, and it's something that I think that they, our art form has been very hungry for, you know? Yeah, totally. The only thing that fills that niche is something that's unplayable. It's yeah. kind of a drag. Yeah, and maybe I'm thinking about it a lot because of where I'm at right now where my oldest is learning and I've got more kids after him and I'm hoping they'll all play, you know? I'm not pressuring them, but I'm hoping to be able to look ahead and be like, oh, man, this is going to be way more manageable. Not only that, where they have small, they're small people still, you know, um, instead of investing mm-hmm. in a junior-sized set of pipes, I could get a full-size set of pipes that only weighs, you know, with the bag and everything attached, like five, six pounds. It's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I made a custom blowpipe for somebody who's, whose daughter uh, is playing. I don't know. She must be very petite mm-hmm. because I asked, and Jim has been actually uh, hooked us up, the two of us, and her, her dad and I, I called, I called the blowpipe the Super Shorty 5. It was five <laughs> inches Five inches from mouthpiece to the bottom of the Oh, that is teensy. Wow. It was itty-bitty, man. And I'm like, you know, Brian, uh, my pipes are very lightweight. It might be very suitable for her. He's like, well, she's already got a set of pipes, but I'll keep it in mind. I'm like, yeah, man. Yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> the shortest blowpipe I've ever seen. I mean, it was like the, the long, length of my mouthpiece. Right, yeah. I'm um, thinking, like, how far could it be from, like, mouth to armpit? So that's very Yeah. Short. She must She must be tiny. Can I? I, I she is, really. 
I, I want to ask you some a, a little speculation question too, Dave, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, have you ever looked at um, like Spanish gaitas, Spanish bagpipes that sometimes they have oh. like a really like a what you might call like a tenor, or like maybe a, a soprano drone. Like I have heard, yeah, I'm familiar with. I know of them, but I don't know anything about them. They a lot of times if you have one of these soprano drones, it's like mid bag, kind of near the belly button. You know, it just plays mm-hmm. even higher than the tenor drones, right? Mm-hmm. That or like or any set of small pipes that have uh, not just a bass and tenor, but have also like a baritone. You know, three or four yeah. or even five set, um, five drone sets. You know, wow. I just I get really excited about um, messing around with the chords that my drones play. You know, mm-hmm. and one thing that yeah. I have dreamed about is like. How long could I get like a bass topper and put that on one of my tenors? Like how long or short would I have to make stuff to be getting two or three different notes out of my drones where I could be playing like two A's and an E or an A and an E that I could tune down to a D when I wanted to, you know, or even have a fourth drone sticking out of my bag somewhere. Like Um, a mad scientist type. Have you, uh, have you played with any stuff like that before? You know what? I had thought I it was like I I'd said I'm, I want to work on a set of small pipes. And yeah. I would definitely. Well, I had a set of small pipes that I actually kind of restored and refurbished. They were Iona small pipes, and I don't think the guys make them anymore. He's out of Australia. Mm. Um, but I bought them from a guy in Malaysia, mm. and I restored them. And you were talking about making a bag. I made a bag. No, did you? Um, yeah, I found some plans. It leaked like a sieve. It was <laughs> <Yeah>. ridiculous. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, and it had, it was a four drone set, but they, it had switches and it, had, or it had a switch in there to swap from, you know, the, cause it had two chainers with it, a D yeah. and an A. Um, but I always thought it'd be cool to have all four going at once. And right. I think, you know, I mean, with 3D printing and rapid prototyping, there's no, there's essentially no limitation on what you can do. Yeah. You know, and, you know, you go down the, the, the road, the, the Irish, the Brian Boro bagpipe, isn't it like a common stock, Ray Hunt bagpipe thing? It's got like a baritone drone or something on it. Oh, I yeah, I have seen stuff like that before. And and then like a chanter with some switches on it to get you more accidentals yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, the Irish are always, they, they always seem to take in like the, the, the concept, the basic concept of the bagpipe and no staccato, and then they just take it like, well, this goes to 12. You know, like <laughs> I'm going to keep the staccatos, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, um, my, my friend Jeremy recently got some John Swain um, border pipes, and oh, yeah. one of the drones is set up with a hole on the side of the drone really? so that really? you can put a plugger in there, right, and then that forces it to play the full length of the drone, Oh, cool. right? So you take the plug out of the hole on the side, now, you know, the air's not going as far, right? And right. so then you get a different note, right? So you could have an octave, and then depending on where you put those holes, you could have a third or a fourth, et cetera. And that's that's, that's one thing I have wondered about when I'm looking at your pipes. Like, could we figure out where the sweet spot is on a tenor mm-hmm. drone top piece? That if mm-hmm. I put a, if I took a cork out of that hole, it would be on the side of the top piece. That it would mm-hmm. kick from an A up to an E or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking like if I took the top of the bass drum mm-hmm. and put it on the tenor drum, that yeah. would give me enough length because there's really like three different sections to the to the drone right there's a right. tuning chamber and there's like a straight run and then there's a bell mm. yeah yeah there's a, there's like there's a lot of creative stuff we could do with this yeah um, and, and, and that's and that's the other challenge so there's been a steep learning curve right like there's a learning curve of learning like 3D printing I mean, yeah. as you know with your printer you have to learn the slicer stuff and then you've got to learn you've got, you've got to learn how to manipulate models I don't know how much modeling you've done or oh I'm like I'm, I'm like a preschooler with a really fat crayon 
it's just yeah, silly. Well, I'm, I'm not much. I'm like they give me uh, magic markers. Mm. Not, so, um, but I'm like learning Fusion Three Sixty is like the CAD program. Yeah. That they use in these little online book Tinkercad. I have played with Tinkercad a bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little. To me, it seems a little cartoon. But yes. Like, uh, <laughs> I think it's it essentially does the same stuff. Um, but yeah, learning learning Fusion Three Sixty has been a learning curve, man. That is, it is not intuitive. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, this is one of the challenges of, of making small parts. Like, I know kind of what I want to do. Yeah. I don't know what the measurements need to be. So the fact that you're going to send me some pictures of those plants, that's like huge. Yeah, I'll send them today, man. I'll get them right over to you. Pretty awesome. And then, then it's a matter of like, well, then I can set up a future like, and then I can make the drums look like whatever I want. To do. Right, like, yeah. A lot that, of people go with the, the classic route, you know, but I think, I think it'd be cool to have a set of scattered small things that look like they had come into being on. I think it's kind of unique. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that mm-hmm. would be unique. I, I've wondered, too, this is, this is not me telling you how to do your own business. I'm just, like, imagining, just having fun imagining, right? Like, mm-hmm. looking at the top, like, the bell piece. Like, mm-hmm. what if it was threaded? So I could unthread that bell and thread on a bell that looks like a dragon's head or, or a pirate ship, you know, just like just anything, right? <laughs> that's actually that's actually uh, a really good idea, and not and not something I actually one of the one of my customers. I am always open to like input like that, like ideas like that. Hmm. Um, I had, what I'm kind of working on now, and this is a bit of a challenge, is threading the tuning pins because oh yeah, that's on any bagpipe, be it tuning pin or otherwise, tuning pins are where they generally tend to break. Because I, I repaired a buddy's uh, bass drum middle section tuning pin and broken off on his dad's pipes, and I repaired that for him. That makes sense. I imagine, like, especially like in the circle, if you got the drone guy coming around behind you and they mm. crank it up or down, you know, and then snap. Yeah. Or you drop them or something like right, that. Right, yeah. Uh, but, like, I figured turning the tuning pins, then they could just, you know, it could replace the tuning pins, easy to replace and super cheap, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, um, that makes sense. And then mounts, like, you're talking about the different bell shape. Well, one of my customers had just suggested threading the mount so you could have different colors for different holidays. Or oh, whatever. yeah. You know, but I love input like that. I mean, yeah. if it's something, if it's something that I could use, you know, or that, 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 could, that sounds cool, or, yeah. you know, as opposed to something that's just meant to be irritating. And <laughs> I get a little bit of that. Yeah. Mostly for my brothers, but you know, <laughs> I get some of that. Um, but yeah. Well, I, I, I love this stuff, man. Um, what uh do you do you know what's next or is it kind of like gonna keep doing this like you're what we were just talking about and just kind of like see what happens next well you know um so no no you know you're not gonna have success in anything if you don't set goals right sure yeah Um, so my goals by the end of the year are to uh have a set streamlined process and it sounds kind of like basic but i mean it's easy for it's easy for you know my sister's helped a lot with that. Um, oh, with her Etsy shop, yeah. Yeah, I mean she had that down. Of course, she, she you know from like late September to June, she stopped doing it, but she was just insane and uh, insanely busy. Yeah, and it was driving her crazy. But you know, she's helped with the process. Like that's my my goal by the end of the year is to have a solid set streamlined process where I know what step and then just have one dedicated printer for each section. Like. So this is tenor top sections. This is bass drum middle sections. Oh, yeah. This is just ivory, you know, um, and just to continue to grow as an overall kind of kind of overshadowing theme, that would be ideal. Right. Um, but yeah, man, I, I want to grow. I want to take this thing as, as far as it can go. I mean, I I 
I'm getting most, believe it or not, most of the orders, of course, I'm, I'm getting are not from beginners, not from people just starting out. I've had sure. a couple of those. Uh, in fact, the young lady that wants me to uh, set her up an ill enchanter, um, she's just starting out. Gotcha. And, um, but, you know, I, I, it's, it's from folks who, uh, who want a second set of pipes to just, to just have in terms of, in fact, uh, one of my buddies from the Atlanta Pipe Band, I'm going to skip that chapter, I, I did play the Atlanta Band for a while. Oh, did you? Um, yeah, I, I ran that grade four back in 08, I think. Mm. Um, back when John Reitnagel was running I think he's back running it again in grade three. Um, but uh, yeah, Bob Sloan from Atlanta, he uh, he had his pipes, they, he played in a parade or something, and the moisture got to the hemp, mm. and it swelled up and split one of his bass drum mm. uh, pieces, and so he bought a set of my pipes to use in parades like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that I'm seeing that's most, mostly where my business is at, people that have already, already established looking for something fun that makes sense like I can understand that like that's where I'm at you know I'm looking at this and being like well like I already kind of like know the territory and so I know what I would want and stuff like that right yeah but I also I can't help just looking at this just thinking like you know years ago some friends and I went and talked to uh, the local university about we had we had played our pipe band had played a few soccer games for their for for like the intro to their soccer games and we're like why doesn't the school have a bagpiping club? You know, like we could help you set yeah. up a piping club and you get students learning, right? Or like my friend yeah. Diana who runs the, the high school program where I learned to play, just like, like I just, I'm just looking at this and being like, man, if you wanted to get like a program off the ground, this mm-hmm. is the best way to do it, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Well, there's a, there's a school in Orlando, a high school, Lake Highland Prep. Mm. They've got, their mascot is the Highlanders and I, uh, one of the guys is trying to set them up with a bagpipe band and we're trying to coordinate I'm trying to coordinate a proposal and say look your colors are these and let's set up a set of pipes you know to outfit your bagpipe band I can do it cheaper than anybody else yeah in the exact colors that you have right you know that would be cool as a cucumber man that'd be cool like the other side of a pillow you have a whole right. band of, of matching bagpipes that are not you know your standard blackwood and imitation ivory yeah man that'd be cool man I think this is cool and I, I also think that like I, I hope that, like, understanding the philosophy behind it and, like, the, the space that it's trying to occupy helps to dissuade any of the initial sort of, like, snobbishness of, like, look, this isn't attacking the traditional makers in any way, right? It's not trying no. to take away market share from the traditional makers. This is, in a lot of ways, capturing customers who would never mm-hmm. become customers of the traditional makers because they're priced out of the hobby to start with. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. And it, and it keeps people, yeah, exactly. It stokes a fire. You yeah. Know, otherwise, wouldn't be able to, uh, they wouldn't, they wouldn't have, it wouldn't be approachable. The traditional makers might actually get more customers collectively if, you, if there's an option like what you're making, because that, mm-hmm. dra- that gets people in the door. And then years down the line, they're going to want to buy a, a Blackwood set. Right, right. You know, it, yeah, you, like a guitar player starts off with, you know, the $79 Sears Special or whatever. Right. And then eventually moves towards the 1974 Fender Stratocaster. <laughs> right, yeah. Or, <laughs> In black. You know, That's right. <laughs> exactly. With a whammy bar. You know? Yeah. Um, we don't have whammy bars on very but it's kind of a drag, Yet. really. <laughs> That's, That's <laughs> yeah, the next, exactly. There's another innovation for you to work on. Where's our chanter right. whammy bar? That's exactly right. Oh, my God. You can just see it now. I just thought it would be cool. Like, you remember Guitar Hero? I was like, yeah. there was a thing going around on YouTube. Oh, Bagpipe Hero. Hero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought that would be really... I, I, could, I could just wail at Bagpipe Hero, man. <laughs> but... but uh, the, the, the funny thing, of course, would be that, like, any legit bagpipe player would be, like, just abysmal at it, right? Because, like, if the controls oh, yeah. didn't match it, right? <laughs> you'd pick it up. Right, right. 
that'd be funny. Well, but, yeah, now yeah, you live I in think... the land of South Park, speaking of Guitar Hero. <laughs> oh, I know. It's it's crazy. You know, when we were talking about, like, oh, it's okay if you, if you pop open a can of a Coke and you took a sip from coffee, and I was immediately reminded of Randy... Uh, when when the comet was coming in, and he's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and then he sips from the sips from a, a, co- yeah. a cup of coffee. That's right. Yeah, it's hilarious. Have, have you gone to Casa Bonita yet? I think it's still there. It is. Um, I didn't. Okay, so I I used to watch South Park like way back, like back in the day. Yeah. Um, which which I don't know if you know, but back in the day that was a Wednesday. Just in case <laughs> yeah, you that was the day. Yeah. Um, but uh, but and I was out with some of my retirement planning colleagues. And we were having lunch in that area, in the same plaza that Casa Bonita was, and I just couldn't get, I couldn't get over it. it I was like, you, oh my god! Did, did you keep looking out the like window from, and saying Casa Bonita? <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, it's so cool. The cafeterias are so cool, and I couldn't get over it, man. And then the the, the one lady who was sitting with me, um, she, she's like, yeah, that's the Casa Bonita from South Park. I was like, no way, it's a coincidence. She's like, no, dude, the guys from South Park bought it. Apparently, is this true? <laughs> I didn't know that. I don't know. Yeah, I heard that they bought Casa Bonita because it went out of business or something. Oh, really? And, and sure enough, man, it's I, it's great. It's right there. Casa it's Bonita. been years since I've been there, but yeah, like cave, the the cave settings, yeah, the, the cliff divers, it's all there. You know, like it's oh my god, it's like right out of the show for sure. Yeah, it's the, yeah, it was it was like noon or something when I was when I went yeah. there. So like I, it wasn't open at right. that time. But if oh, you <laughs> bet your bottom dollar, if it had been open, I'd be in there like, like yeah. crazy, man. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, well, sure now th- I feel like the may- maybe I've ruined the the profound or lovely ending for the interview by by dragging you into South Park. Um, no, it's all good, man. But like, Keep basically, light, you know? like what as people are listening to this, like, okay, I'll have links to www.3dprintedbagpipes.com. That's the number yeah. three letter D printedbagpipes.com. Right, do you have yeah. like social media presence they should be checking out or anything like that? You know, I should be doing that. I have a Facebook page, 3dprintedbagpipes.com Facebook page. Um, I should be doing more social media. Like, I'm not really adept at that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, the like, I'm the only guy doing this. So I've right. got, like, the product development, the manufacturer, the, the social media, the, the customer service, the, all that stuff. And it's a, it's a lot to do by myself. And it's yeah. getting to the point where I want to get somebody to, to help me, but I don't know where to begin. Yeah. Um, but the only social media I've got right now is, is uh, Facebook. Is it is it me is it me um, put putting putting something saying something I shouldn't be saying if I suggest that like if anybody listening happens to be a professional in one of these areas, and is interested in helping out a really cool idea, with, like maybe you'll get like a three D printed tenor drone someday like with no expectation of payment like hoping just to help this cool idea get out there that they should reach out to you. Oh, I think yeah. I mean, if yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean, I, I would. I don't have a lot of money right now, <laughs> but but uh, I would definitely be happy to, to trick somebody with uh, killer drones that sound awesome and any custom colors they want if they can help me figure this stuff out. I mean, like the social media part. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of clumsy when it comes to that stuff. I still get into arguments with people online, so that. What <laughs> so maybe you should stay away from it, huh? Yeah, I'd definitely hire a professional for that. <laughs> I just like n- not to beat a dead horse here or anything, but just like I I sometimes have have. Well, I was going to say served. I never do a very good job of it, but I've sometimes helped with like, um, you know, like Waspaba chapter boards and stuff like that. And it's just mm-hmm. like, it's this constant thing that like, look, we're, well, like Josh on the channel rant puts it like, we're like pandas in a zoo. Like 
if we want to save our species, we got to do something about this, right? So, like, mm. I'm not saying the hobby isn't cool. Obviously, I think it's cool. I'm very into it. But it's like, if we're not getting more people in right. all the time, then we will atrophy, right? And so anything sure. that breaks down the barriers that are keeping people out, young people, old people, just more people, let's get rid of those cost barriers, you know? Well, we and it's, and I think you nailed it, man. I think, that, you know, I think legitimizing what I'm doing um, is, is a big is a big part of, of getting it, you know, established and doing what, what I wanted to do, which mm. is make it more available to other people. Like, some people would, you know, be like, what the hell what is, what, who is this guy? You mm-hmm. know? I mean, like, I was at, at Island Games here. Um, the only one I did. And I got handed to the WUSPA guys, like uh, Jeff Mann. I mean, oh, yeah. The guys, yeah, yeah the, he was awesome, man. Was super helpful. Um, set me up, hooked me up with a couple of people. I was at games, and I, I got a lot of funny looks. Yeah. Um, uh, I had a couple of people that that uh, bought some pipes, but you know, I I think I'd, I I I just think it was kind of so alien, you know, yeah. that people are like, what is that, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, but if know. that if that little snowball can get bigger and bigger as it rolls down the hill, like if people get to mm. where they're seeing and hearing three D printed sets at multiple competitions every year, then yeah. right, it becomes more of a we we begin to accept it more, right? And you start yeah. going, oh, actually, I heard a set of those. They didn't sound that bad. Oh, they're how yeah. cheap, you know, and maybe it gets yeah, bigger exactly. and bigger. Exactly. You know, I, and uh, the more people, like, at, I tell you, when Ralph posted his video on, on uh, YouTube, mm-hmm. I mean, that was like the dam broke. I mean, I was, mm-hmm. you know, it was, I, 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 no amount of advertising, no amount of money I could have spent on advertising was as good as that guy posting a video on mm-hmm. Facebook or uh, YouTube. I love that it his bag amazing. matches it so well, too. Yeah. Yeah. How about cool? this? Ha- having come in on you playing a set, we'll go out on him playing in that, that video. Go. I'll pull his audio as we go out. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, he's he's a he's a, he's a good player too, man. Yeah, for sure. He's a great finger work there. So you know, focus yeah. on the drones, people. But his finger works yeah. great too. Enjoy the song. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Cool. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about or cover? I c- we can either pick it up right from here, or I can insert it later when I'm doing post work or anything. Um. No, I just, I, I just gratitude, man. I got there's some guys that I want to thank. I don't know if yeah, of course, it. for sure. But thank them absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Ken Adler from uh, Lion College has been helpful. Uh, Ralph, of course, uh, has been amazing. Uh, Ken Brody, uh, these guys have been awesome. Um, you know, they, they helped me develop my brand. Really, uh, you know, I call them Delta Bagpipes because it's the change we've needed in piping, and I print on Delta printers. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Ken Brody helped me figure that out. That guy was awesome. You know, they, these guys didn't have to help, and they, they did. And then you, that tells you that tells you about our community, right? Like, yeah. we we are tight knit. We 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 want to help people grow and help people learn. And it's this is this has been a an incredible privilege to be able to do this. You know, people trust me with this kind of thing. It's cool. It's yeah. really cool. Well, what I'll do is like kind of as you're saying that is when the musical come fading in, and we'll just kind of fade out. I, I like to have this feeling that like the conversation has been going on.